Uh, firstly, what information do you have about this latest incident in Bizana? Um, good evening, Sisa. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, the latest information that we have is that um, on Tuesday, a learner, young Viwe Jali, died in, the, in a pit-littering toilet at their school. The body was found on Wednesday and the department is sending three psychologists to the school to address the community, the teachers, the family. And, yeah, this, the, the department has told us that the toilets were not of any good standard and that they were pit-littering toilets. Um, just for your listeners to understand, a pit-littering toilet is a toilet that is essentially a bucket with no base, where there's a hole is dug at the bottom and that feces and urine fall to the bottom. So to fall into a pit-littering means that that young learner laid with feces and urine for, it for, two, for more than 24 hours. Hmm. And just uh, the school, is that the only uh, ablution facilities they have? And how many in that area or in the Eastern Cape do you know that still use that form of uh, sanitation? So the latest means report and what the department has told us before is that there are 9,000 schools in the country that make use of pit-littering toilets. 5,000 of those schools only have pit latrines as their only source of toilets. So some schools have pit latrines and normal flushing toilets, but there are 5,000 schools in the country, the majority of which are in the Eastern Cape and the majority of which are in a rural part of the Eastern Cape make use of pit latrines. And how many of those are primary schools? Uh, at, at, at this point, at the, the, the means report and, and the other reports don't dif- differentiate between mm-hmm. a primary and a high school. But we know that uh, the problem is, is probably as widespread that we, we, we can assume that that, that 5,000 is shared among those two um, tiers of school. I'm sure you'd agree with me that that distinction is extremely important, especially when we talk about grade R learners. As you say, those who are unfamiliar with the pit latrine toilet, uh, you know, they know that the smaller you are, the more difficult it is to navigate Mm. its use of it and the easier it is for you to fall inside of it. It's an essential distinction to make, especially when we look at the vulnerability of young, small learners. Um, we heard evidence yesterday that was Section 27 presented where in the high schools in Limpopo, learners have stopped using the facilities and have made for themselves a hole in their school fence so that they can walk over to the bush. So high school learners realize the danger of this and are making alternatives for themselves, but grade and alternatives that are equally dangerous. But grade R learners, grade 1 learners, cannot for themselves break a fence to go over to a bush. They have no alternative but to use this dangerous and deadly structure at their school. So talk to me about your court bid here. What exactly are you seeking in the Bishaw High Court and how are binding uh, norms and standards going to improve the situation? Mm. So just to give the listeners a bit of understanding of the court case, the court case, court case see, uh, seeks to... to close all the loopholes in the norms and standards that allow the minister to, to get out of fixing norms and standards and fixing them quickly, and it, allow, and it, and it addresses the loopholes that delay the, the, the fixing of certain kinds of schools. So, for an example, there are, there's an escape clause in the norms and standards that say that the minister believes that the, the norms are only possible with the cooperation of other departments. 
So she's only going to provide electricity if ESCOM comes to the table. And she'll only provide water if the Department of Water and Sanitation comes to the department. But we're saying to her that she's a minister of one, one government and that collectively that government has a responsibility. And as the minister of, of basic education, she has the primary responsibility to sh- ensure that the schools that, that are under her care has everything that it needs to be safe and for learning and teaching to happen. So why we think that this is important is because we need to create a culture of accountability firstly. This is not the first incident, and the minister hasn't been accountable to what what happened with Michael Kumape, and she's and we, we fear that she may not be accountable to the incident of Viwe of, of young Viwe in Bizana. And so the, the norms and standards are going to create a mechanism of accountability. So where she has failed to implement norms and standards. And she cannot use certain clauses to get out of that failure, and she must be held directly accountable. We cannot have a situation where another young learner dies. We, 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 I don't want to have this interview mm. again with, with any other journalist because we can't have young learners die at school. And, and, and the moment we fix the norms, we're going to create, we, the moment we fix the norms and we fix those loopholes, we're going to have a strong binding norms and standards and a strong set of regulations that tell us what schools must look like. Because a school cannot have a toilet like the kind that young viewers fall through. All right. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Head of Equal Education Branch in the Eastern Cape, Amanda Rinquist.